You were born with individual strengths and a unique purpose. Don't let fears, false beliefs, or life's happenings diminish your influence. It's time to live and lead for impact. Host Kirsten Ross, expert of transformation, will help you defeat the drama and overcome the trauma that can stop you in your tracks. You'll gain focus, find confidence, and take bold action. Unleash passionate, purposeful you. Let's go. Welcome to Live and Lead for Impact. I'm Kirsten Ross Vogel, your host, and this is episode 234. Today, I'm covering a really important topic, and someone asked me to really go over this distinction. I'm sharing with it, and as always, I stop and think, I think my listeners need to hear this as well. So I'm talking about the key tactics for a smooth transition from manager to leader. Now, I want to start with a few quick distinctions for context, because we first need to look at what is the difference between a manager and a leader. So let me describe some of the differences I believe are there. So one, a manager, I see them really as direct overseer of tasks and specific outcomes, a little bit like a task master. They might tend to be on the good side, a little bit more micromanagey, never going to the place ideally of micromanagement, but a little more down in the weeds, familiar with what everyone has going on, the sheriff of the organization or one of the sheriffs, the eyes and ears on actions and outputs. Now, just as an aside, I would make the distinction between a manager and a supervisor as the supervisor is on the eyes and is the eyes and ears directly like on top of people, basically. Um, whereas a manager is overseeing, uh, not necessarily personal eyes and ears on them, but they're, they're taking note of the actions and the outcomes. Are they aligned? Now, a leader, on the other hand, is more vision, high-level scope. Uh, they're going to hopefully, ideally, build that high-impact team and cascade that vision down through the team. So whether that's through their managers, directors, supervisors, etc., but they're always looking to increase their circle of influence by casting vision and then providing autonomy to a skilled team. So really not eyes and ears on what's happening. They're going to rely on others to make sure that the actions and outputs are aligned. They're creating the vision, the direction. So the map, if you will. They're going to surround themselves by people with complementary knowledge, skills, and abilities and allow them to shine. They want to make sure that there's a unifying vision and focus and then create the freedom for each of the individuals to decide and act towards that common goal. So it's really they're spending their time creating the vision, the direction, the goals, making sure those things are aligned, and then releasing all of that information in a well, and then releasing that information through good communication to those who will actually make it all happen. So in quick summary, the transition to make it smooth will always involve casting your eyes from a higher level, elevating your focus, and looking to, and seeking to gain that wider influence. It's definitely a focus, ideally, on your passion, your fuel, because you need to be ready to inspire others by sharing. So an important first step is get clear about your own why. Why are you doing what you do? And why should they jump on board with you? Autonomy is always 
a key indicator of a good leader. If you're micromanaging down in the weeds on top of each person involved in every decision and snafu and challenge, then you're not increasing your circle of influence to the extent that you should as a great leader. So I like to think of autonomy. And if you've heard me talk before, you've probably heard me talk about sandboxes. I'm really visual. And so I always think in terms of when I talk about autonomy, a sandbox, because to me, a sandbox has boundaries, you know, whether it's square or round or rectangular, there's some kind of end to the sand. (laughs) Hopefully there's some kind of uh, barrier there. But um, within that sandbox, uh, so a leader defines the size of that sandbox, and the boundaries are really the outcomes uh, you're looking to achieve, and then where are the limits to the uh, discretionary efforts that you can take, the kinds of decisions that you can make within that sandbox. And so again, why I choose sandbox as my visual for this is basically As a leader, you're defining the size and scope of that sandbox. And then within that, those you're delegating to, they get to play. They get to be creative in how they are making your vision come to fruition. So you're releasing control with everything within that sandbox. And then you're trusting that they'll take your vision and enact it in an effective, efficient, clear way. To do this, you need to surround yourself with those you can rely on, those who have great skills, people who are trustworthy, that you know that they can do great work. Another important shift is focusing again from a higher level. So you'll always keep your eye on that prize, the big goal, the big mission that your entire team is working to create. But your hands are off the specifics, the processes, the day-to-day, because you're busy steering the whole ship through the amazing people you've brought onto your team. Now, here are some common trip-ups that I've seen, and I wanna share those so that you can avoid them if you're in the midst of a transition. Or maybe you are a leader, but maybe you're still in the midst of the barriers of some of these trip-ups. So one, working with a team you don't trust. Now, this answer to this or or what is causing this isn't always simple because you need to stop and ask, okay, the fact is that you don't trust your team, but now we need to understand why. Is it you or is it them? Either way, the good news is there's action that you can take to fix it, but you must answer this question first. So remember, your goal as a leader is to increase your circle of influence. But you can't just do this by adding team members if you continue to be involved in every action and decision. You'll just slow down progress and action. So is your lack of trust your issue? If it is, you know, so you just fear that they're not going to do a good job or you uh, feel like if you're not involved, everything will go awry. Uh, You sit back and think, oh my gosh, if I don't know what is happening every second of every day, there's something for you to fix from your end. You need to work on that. If you stop and look at your team and really believe, and it is fact-based, that you can't trust your team because they're not trustworthy, either they don't have the behaviors or the skill sets or the knowledge, experience, those kinds of things, well, that's a different plan of action. So the next step then is to either train up your team, set clear expectations, hold them accountable, 
again, either directly or through other managers and supervisors? Or are there people who are not a fit on your team? So see, answer this question and that will drive your next steps to overcome this trip up and make sure that you have a team that you can trust. So this trip up is really about being clear about who are the decision makers? Do you want input or are you just sending a directive? So I have seen so many leaders struggling with this trip up because they want a very collaborative environment. They want everyone involved in all of the decisions, all of the problem solving. Now, along the spectrum, uh, you know, this is likely actually better than no one is involved. <laughs> if you are the only one involved in decision making and problem solving and process improvement, uh, everything happening in the business is going to be uh, attached to your particular perspective, experience, knowledge, all of that, your idea capacity, uh, your time capacity. Uh, so we don't want that, but we also don't want to create an environment where people think that the debate is never done. So this is the trip up that I've seen. Um, my team thinks the conversation and debate is ongoing so we can never reach a conclusion. Uh, and at some point, you as leader are the final decision maker at times. And so you need to be clear about that objective. So again, in another podcast episode, I talked about kind of three quick definitions of structure to clarify immediately why you're sharing the information. And the three keys are you're sharing it just to share it as an FYI. You need to know this and we're not discussing. Two is I'm sharing for collaborative discussion. I want input. We're not deciding right now. Um, I'm not necessarily giving up decision-making power, but um, I want your input and I will consider it. I need all the perspectives um, and different experiences, et cetera, knowledge to uh, build into the decision that will be made. And then the third is I'm sharing so that we can decide together. So um, as a leader, you want to be clear as you're sharing information. What's the reason that I'm sharing this information? And again, if you're on the spectrum of either never listening to input from others or always listening to input from others and never making decisions or taking action, you don't want to be at either end of the spectrum. But so land somewhere in the middle where definitely people have a voice, but you are clear and making decisions about when people will have a voice, when there is not time for discussion, the decision's already been made, or where you do want that collaborative decision making. The third trip up is lacking clarity when you're delegating. And you've probably all heard my full six simple steps of great delegation. And if you haven't, you can definitely go to myimpactacademy.com forward slash simple. But um, here's a key place to look to see if you're maybe lacking clarity when you delegate tasks. And again, as a leader, you may be delegating to directors or managers, etc. But even if you're not large enough to have all those layers, you definitely want to be clear with your delegation. So please look for phrases like this. Um, when you get around to it, when you get a chance, make sure when you're delegating that you, you are creating that call to action by specifying a deadline. Because in this busy, busy world, and if we're bootstrapping to get a business off the ground, or you know your team is not at full capacity, you definitely want to have those deadlines because guess what? They will not get around to it. They will not get a chance. And then you'll be a leader who says, if I want it done, I just need to do it myself. So a key ingredient to clarifying your delegation is making sure 
that there is a meeting of the minds of a drop dead deadline. Now, you don't have to dictate this. A lot of times I get pushback, but I'm delegating to people who are so busy. I'm trying to be respectful of their time. You can ask for their input first. You can say, is it reasonable for you to have this done by next Tuesday at five? They can come back and say, you know what? I have that huge project or that huge presentation. I I could really use a couple of extra days. Is it okay if I have until Friday at five instead? Yes, that works. Friday at five it is. So see, there is wiggle room. They can negotiate. But at the end of the day, once you've negotiated and committed, that is the drop dead deadline. And you really want a culture where everyone understands that they need to be trusted and trustworthy and accountable for meeting any deadlines. So those are the three trip ups. Let me summarize them for you quickly. Working with a team you don't trust. And then the question is, is it you or them? because the next actions to fix that uh, will be dependent on your answer. Two, sharing information without being clear about your objectives, which can get you into decision-making overload where you decide and then redecide and then discuss some more and there's never action. <laughs> or you're making all of, all of the decisions without any input and you want something in between, but you want to be clear about why the conversation's ha- happening. And then the third is lacking clarity and delegation. And one key to being clear is making sure that there is a meeting of the minds on the specific deadline and a culture that requires people to be accountable and hit those deadlines. People need to know that um, you need them to be trustworthy. All right, so those are the keys to transitioning smoothly from manager to leader and some of the key differences. I also wanted to let you know some exciting news. I have been trying out a new audio app called Wisdom. It's super fun. And I want to invite you to join me there. You'll be able to ask questions and interact with me live. There's a stage where you can come on up and ask your question. So I'm going to be sharing some specific leadership strategies. But more importantly, and more exciting, it's like an interactive podcast. So I'll be answering your questions as well. Isn't that awesome? I love the opportunity to interact with people and share. So bring your specific questions or challenges to gain those customized strategies from me. So this is taking place December 10th, 2021, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the link, which you'll be able to find in the show notes as well, is joinwisdom.audio forward slash Kirsten R. Vogel. That's K-I-R-S-T-E-N. R-V-O-G-E-L. So again, that's joinwisdom.audio forward slash Kirsten R. Vogel. The link will be in today's show notes as well, which you can find by going to defeatthedrama.com. Click on the podcast tab and go to episode 234. In addition, if you're catching this episode after the fact, no worries. Wisdom records and keeps replays readily accessible. So follow that same link to find my profile and you'll find this recording and others at the bottom of my page. But please, I would love to connect with you on Wisdom. Again, it's December 10th, 2021, 1030 a.m. 
Eastern Standard Time. I promise lots of great information and interaction. Please do join me there. And until next time, make it a great day and get out there. The world is waiting for your amazing impact. 